Hello, and thank you for joining us. My name is Molly Carmichael with Zonda's Inspirational Leadership Series, joined by the industry's best in all things real estate. These leaders are literally designing our future for many generations to come with new communities, home designs, technology, retail centers, infrastructure, and so much more. This series is about who they are, how they got started, who inspired them, and their journey to the top. So let's get started. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. We are joined with one of the best and nicest guys in the industry, Gene Myers. He's the owner and chief sustainability officer for Thrive Home Builders in Denver. Uh, and again, he's not only one of the nicest, but one of the smartest people in the industry too. And you're going to hear that through him, all that he's doing and all that the company stands for. So as evidenced by his title as Chief Sustainability Officer, the company has a huge mission on sustainability and now carbon neutrality as well. And I have to share some of their accolades. It's pretty impressive. The company has been recognized with 13 grand awards for housing innovation from the United States Department of Energy over the last 10 consecutive years. They're focused on healthy living too with numerous EPA Indoor Air Plus Leader Awards Gene recently received the Legend Award by the Energy and Environmental Building Alliance. And this is my favorite of all, the best one. He was named Sustainability Superhero by Green Builder Magazine. What a great title. So Gene's now, as I mentioned, working on carbon neutrality with a company. Um, there are some neat things that he's doing right now. And when I asked Gene about why he was so focused on sustainability and carbon neutrality, he gave the best answer. It's such a Gene Myers response. And it was, now we owe it to each other and we owe it to the next generation. We should be doing this. So um, such a great guy. So please join me in welcoming Gene Myers. Gene, welcome and thanks for joining us. Hi, Molly. Great to be here. Yes, it's great to be. It's great to be with you. Well, I had heard just recently you promoted your son, I think, uh, in the last year or so to chief executive officer. Right. Nice, nice for him. And I'm not going to say there's a whole lot of retirement going there because I know you and I know how passionate you are about the business. And so, so let's talk a little bit about you. I'd love to hear how this all started. I, I know enough to be dangerous about Thrive and how passionate you are about all new inventions, particularly in the sustainability world. But let's first talk about you and what your role is today as the chairman and, and uh, chief sustainability officer, what do you do on a daily basis? Well, um, we're, I get to work on what's next. And I've always uh, enjoyed that uh, part of the business. And why? Well, um, you know, I think it always starts with uh, just the kind of person you are if you want to uh, naturally explore. But I also think for smaller builders like us, it's really important that we have strong product differentiation in our business model. And so we started off 31 years ago and uh, it was green tree homes before green. Nobody knew what I was talking about. Maybe I didn't even <laughs> I really like know that. what I was talking about. I like that. And uh, uh, we started off, uh, I think my very first house was a SIPS house and uh, did thermal imaging on the first three houses to see how they worked. And so it, it, I've just got it really bad, Molly. That's the point <laughs> of it. Um, but ever since then, we've uh, worked hard to just be better year by year. And so 
um, started off with energy efficiency and uh, became an energy star builder, then an early adopter of the Department of Energy Zero, Zero Energy Ready Home Program. A part of that is EPA Indoor Air Plus for air quality and health in the home. And now we're working on carbon reduction. So that's kind of my, uh, that's my job right now is how do we, what does it take for a builder like us to become a carbon neutral builder? Hmm. And, and you're building a home right now. Talk a little bit about the home we just talked about as well, where you're trying to be completely carbon free. Well, we're trying uh, trying out some things that honestly may not, they might not be ready for prime time, which is why we're building <laughs> kind of a demonstration house. But uh, we're building a house up in the mountains, based here in Denver. And so um, building a house up in the mountains and uh, one of the big challenges for carbon reduction for our industry and really for the world is uh, concrete. And how do we build without concrete? Uh, it's hard, but uh, we're experimenting with a fiberglass foundation up there on this house, and um, we're learning all of the pros and cons of that, but uh, also we'll, we'll be uh, implementing some cold climate heat pump technology. So this is in Breckenridge for people who ski. This is way up in the mountains, so very harsh climate. And for years, we've used uh, air source heat pumps, but with backup heat when it gets really cold. And so we're, we're confident enough in the technology to, in this house at least, to go without the backup. And we'll oh. see if we can do that. It's an all electric house, uh, so no fossil fuels in the house, net zero energy, battery backup. Uh, and then just really building on all the stuff we always do, but trying to do it better with indoor air quality and energy efficiency, et cetera. So, um, but you know, that's one house. Uh, we just launched our very first carbon neutral house to the market. Uh, it's a furnished model in a project we have in Fort Collins called Saunders. Mm. Uh, we think it might be among the first carbon neutral houses available for buyers to buy. Um, uh, from a production builder. And our goal is that next year uh, in 2024, that every home we build is carbon neutral and that our company is also carbon neutral. Um, let me ask you, being, let me, let me jump in there real quick. And, and I'm going to ask you the, the question that I think the builders would ask you. And then I'm also going to ask you a question. I think the consumer would ask you. And the first obvious question from the builder perspective, especially all those CFOs out there listening how much more expensive is it to do this? Well, it's not that much more expensive. It's harder. There's a lot more effort involved because we don't really have a pattern and a way to do it. So we're mm -hmm. kind of having to invent our way through some of this. But uh, uh, let's just, we're never going to build a house that doesn't have any em embodied carbon or for which no carbon emissions happened during the construction of, of the house. And so we have to buy an offset. And uh, the offset for our first house that we built uh, to get it to carbon neutrality was $1,200. So it's just not crazy expensive. And when you compare to getting to net zero energy, uh, where, where we could be 20 times that, maybe more, 
um, the carbon offset part of it is, uh, is really not that much more expensive. So let me ask you this from the consumer perspective. Tell me why I want to buy a carbon neutral home. Well, um, this is maybe the risk in what we're trying to do is, is, is the consumer really ready for this? We know our cities are. Every city where we work has a climate action plan. In Denver, you won't be able to heat a house with natural gas in 2024. That's basically oh, wow. tomorrow. Um, Fort Collins, where we build, uh, they have a goal of being carbon neutral by 2030. And so we're new up there and we come into town and we say, hey, we're new, but we're here to be part of the solution. Come visit our carbon neutral house. So the uh, local governments that regulate us are all in on climate action. And uh, it's our belief that by uh, leading in this way that we become a favored builder. And what does that get us? Well, we hope it gets us credibility in our markets and then to your point, people do still have to buy them. Sure. So um, we just wrapped up a week in Denver of really terrible smoke from Canada. Uh, there are a couple million acres of forest burning in northern Alberta, and somehow the winds blew almost due south, and we were choking on smoke. And in August of 2021, we had a similar event with fires from California and uh, uh, Oregon and Washington. And in August of 2021, Denver had the worst air pollution in the world. And our customers are feeling this. It's kind of ruining our quality of life. We look forward to summer and then we can't really enjoy summer because uh, we're dealing with so much smoke. We then have the wildfire threat. And in California, you're keenly aware of this, but yes. a little over a year ago, we had a wildfire go through uh, a suburb of Denver, the Marshall Fire. It hit in uh, around uh, New Year's Day on 2022. And so uh, we had 30 houses in that fire. And fortunately, we didn't lose wow. a single one. Um, but uh, the point being that uh, these are climate events and our customers' quality of life is being shaped by these climate events. We have another big one here, um, uh, the pine beetle epidemic, where when you go to the mountains, there are millions of acres of just dead trees. And that's a climate event because it doesn't get cold enough to kill that uh, pine beetle in the, in the winter anymore. And so it's our belief that there is a there are enough buyers for a niche builder like us that uh, would would um, would like to know that they've done all they can with the biggest purchase of their lives. So a home is probably the most carbon intensive product that a customer buys, and a marketing message that we're we're working on is uh, if you buy a home from us, we can give you the peace of mind of knowing you've done all you can for the people you love. And uh, that's this, pretty awesome. I love well, it. And this, and this really is kind of uh, something we're passing on to the people we love, our children. And mm -hmm. uh, so we, we believe that we've started this, by the way, up in Fort Collins. That's a university town, Colorado State University 
pretty big university for the size of the town. It's our belief that that, that consumer is maybe more plugged into these kinds of issues than uh, maybe other parts of the country. And so we're starting there. Um, and I'll let you know in about a year if it works, because we just opened our model. So, you know, it's, it's really funny, but we all work so hard, I think, at what we do, fill in the blank, whatever that is. And just to have the peace of mind and, you know, I think the courage to make a difference, because I really do think it's courage. Um, that's pretty great. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. Um, and on that note, Kind of going back to the beginning of your career and getting into home building, first of all, what inspired you to get into home building first? And then second, what really sort of lit the flame for you to really go down this path of making a difference in, you know, sustainability, carbon footprints? I mean, all the stuff that you're doing, because it's, uh, it's, it's so impressive. Every time somebody asks me, like, who's leading in this? I'm like, oh, you have to talk to Gene. He's He's the leader in the country in sort of pushing this stuff. Um, but how well, that's why we have all these arrows in our back, Molly. <laughs> uh, but I started, I, my education is as a civil engineer, and I went to work for a, a master plan community developer. Who is it? Which one? Um, it Can was a, a company called Park Funding. They had 8,000 acres in uh, Douglas uh -huh. County on the south end of the Denver metro area. And uh, we were doing a lot of master planning and uh, the savings and loan crisis hit and I woke up one day and I was running the place. So uh, came up through land development. We hit that savings and loan crisis. Several of our builders actually went out of business or, or walked and we were sitting on a lot of finished lots. And so what do you do? Well, you build them out. And so um, starting uh, back in the eighties, we uh, we started Park Homes, uh, which was an outgrowth of Park Funding. Ultimately, sold that to Ingle Homes. I went out on my own in 1992, and uh, uh, as they say, the rest is history. I always tell young people, um, you know, at least back then, home building was a lot easier to get going in than land. It was less capital intensive. We used to have a thing called community banks that you could walk down the street and pick up a loan for a couple of houses. And uh, I financed the, the beginning of the company with a second mortgage on my house and wow. never missed a payroll for anyone but me. And, uh, <laughs> and the wife was supportive. That's nice. <laughs> and I remember in the early days, I did a lot of consulting for other builders just on land primarily um, just because the, my own company almost couldn't afford to send my kids to school. So, <laughs> uh, but that's the way startup is, right? And uh, sure. I'm probably no different than anyone else who started their own business. If I'd known how hard it was going to be, maybe I wouldn't have done it. So <laughs> ignorance is often a, an ally. Well, and and I would say in every new effort you make, right? Every time you try to push for change, it's kind of like you're starting a new business and every inch you take forward to the new, right? I mean, that's right. It's a new business in every new adventure. Uh, so there's definitely the thrill of that new business that's keeping you in it, Gene. So, <laughs> well, and then, you know, I think uh, we talked about this a little before the call. Um, I always tell fellow small builders that I think the riskiest thing you can do is to be just like everybody else. Oh, I couldn't agree more. 
so we get into a time like this, you know, we were just talking how our preferred lender, lender quoted seven and a half percent mortgage rates to our customers last Friday. That's crazy. And, uh, and it's, it's competitive out there and it's a race to the bottom. It's a race to how much can you discount or how much will you pay to buy down a mortgage? Sure. And um, we've always felt that as a small builder, we needed some other attribute uh, on which to uh, compete. So for example, in the great housing recession, uh, we launched free solar. No other builder in our market had solar. Uh, it fit with who we were in terms of our green and sustainability focus. It created that unique selling proposition where not every customer wanted it, but for the ones who did, they really couldn't talk to anybody else. And so that crisp product differentiation, I think, has been a fundamental part of our business model going into the pandemic. We thought that was going to be a deep, uh, a deep market crash. And of course, we all know in retrospect, it wasn't. And isn't it crazy? Right. But we went into that with indoor air quality as our uh, as a, a strong uh, selling feature. And guess Good what? News. During the pan pandemic, everybody yeah. went, oh, maybe that is important. And so uh, <laughs> we, we kind of feel like uh, carbon reduction is, is what we need now. And no one else has it that we know of, and especially in our markets. And if anyone wants to talk to us about it, we're the only builder they can really have that conversation with. And so that's been a big part of why we have done what we've done when we did it was to make sure that we had that uh, really crisp product differentiation. Well, I, I think we talked about, so I totally get why it's important for governments. I totally get what you're saying about from a builder perspective, it makes you unique and different. But I'm gonna ask the question one more time from a consumer perspective, are there deliberate or very specific benefits to them if I'm living in a carbon-free home? And I'm just gonna, state the obvious that I would imagine, because as I hear carbon-free, I hear things like poison-free. And am I wrong? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to really understand what carbon-free means for me and my kids living at home and making that choice to live in a carbon-free home versus, you know, the more traditionally built house. Well, uh, I think it's that peace of mind that we were talking about where, um, if you're concerned about it, if you're concerned about the state of the planet for your kids, well, what can you do about it? Well, you sure. can do this. It, there's really almost a negligible cost premium that you have to do. And you can have uh, kind of the, the peace of mind or bragging rights or example for your kids or whatever, whatever you want to uh, call that. Uh, I like to say that our customers leading an examined life. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're conscious of your impact, if you're conscious of, of uh, what's happening uh, in the world around you, then that makes us a good choice. Now that's not everybody. And oh, by the way, it's not even everybody who buys our houses. Some people will buy it because it's a net zero energy home. Mm -hmm. and, oh, for sure. Yeah. And that, um, you know, you give me an extra $100 a month for building you a better house, I'll save you $300 a month on your energy bill starting in month number one of home ownership for every month that you own the house. That's, and that's all pretty in. compelling. And all yeah. in. You know, and the pay it forward is compelling too. I don't mean to downplay that at yeah. all. I mean, 
that's compelling to me. I, I'll tell you when we ask the average consumer, they're as interested in, in green in the environment as they are green in their pocket. So both together, I think super compelling, but the pay it forward, you know, piece to this is, um, you know, again, commendable and certainly a great story to tell. Well, we used to have this uh, display in one of our building science centers, and it was a stack of $20 bills, adding up to the energy savings that the customer would have over the life of their loan for 30 years. Oh, that's so cool. It was $108,000. That is so cool. And so the question was, is there anything inherently satisfying about putting that money in a wheelbarrow? and driving it up to the lobby of XL Energy and dumping it there. Because if that's, <laughs> if that's what you're doing, if you, if, you buy, if you don't buy one of our homes. And so, <laughs> so, so there's the carbon story, there's the, the energy efficiency story, which is also a carbon story, you know, in terms of renewable energy and so on. But, you know, what's gonna ring the customer's chime? How about this? How about an all electric fossil fuel free home? There's been so much press about how um, unhealthy it is to have a gas range in your house. And it was the, the Lawrence Berkeley study that came out uh, in 2021, I think, uh, where they documented that 40% of the natural gas emissions in a home happen in the, when the knobs are turned off. Wow. And when, wow. The, and when the hood isn't on, and so um, maybe health then becomes the hook for that customer. And so we're not saying that, oh, the only people who buy our houses want a carbon neutral house. They want the package of benefits that come with a healthy indoor environment certified by the EPA Indoor Air Plus program, uh, energy efficiency certified, validated by the Department of Energy Zero Energy Ready Home Program and our carbon neutral message. So it's really a package of appeal. And oh, by the way, you still have to have a beautiful model. You still have to have a functional sure. floor plan. So it's not an either or. And, and you know, I tell fellow high performance builders, if you build it, they may not come. You've got to make sure that you're competitive oh, I totally at every other level. And so uh, that's what we endeavor to do. So let me ask you this. I'm, now I'm gonna go way back. As you were growing up, was there anything sort of compelling in your, whether it be upbringing or coaching or whatever that was, that really led you to be more of an altruistic focused person? Because it, I'm, I'm telling you, I work with builders all over the country, multiples, and none of them are as compassionate about this category as you are. Well, you know, I think it, it usually does start with a personal story. And I lost my dad when I was nine. Oh. And so my mom was the most uh, influential person in my life. And she taught me that we're here to make it better. And, um, you know, I grew up in the Panhandle of Texas and we had some bigoted family friends. My mom taught me that everyone's the same. And oh. those lessons of of teaching when you're nine and 10 and 11. And after a jolt like that, like I never went through teen rebellion because, well, what if I lost my mom? And, and so um, those things shape you. And, totally. and they kind of, 
it's not like I didn't have any fun, but uh, I, had, I had a great childhood, but really grounded in what's important. And uh, so my- Do you I hear a, that out there, all you moms and dads out there? That's that's awesome. Well, and so I have a really bad joke. Um, it got out of the University of Denver. I joined the Peace Corps to save the world. Of course it, you did. It must have worked because we're still here. You're welcome, Molly. <laughs> So that's my bad joke. And, uh, I would say that there is still a spark of idealism there that, you know, we have a one page business plan here at Thrive and across the top are our values and, and we have a purpose and our purpose is to set a new standard for how home improves life. Hmm. Well, that's what we're doing. And oh, by the way, it really inspires our people and kind of inspires me and I don't even work for you, Gene. Well, <laughs> Every it, time it, I talk to you, I'm like, I just want to be him. <laughs> but, well, it's, it, you know, I used to say, well, young people, they really want purpose in their jobs. And then I caught myself, we all do, you know, even we old people do. like me, we, we spend so much time at our jobs and uh, surely we all aspire to making that time count and to make a difference. And so in little ways and big ways, that's what this little builder in Denver, Thrive Home Builders, is trying to do. Oh, that is so awesome. And I just um, say unbiasedly that moms are the best. <laughs> they are the it, best. It's it's, uh, it's a, a tough job. And if you had uh, three piece of, uh, pieces of advice as to what your mom did right, what would they be? Well, she loved people, and I think she taught me that in the end, it may look like it's about energy efficiency, but it's about people, and um, so she loved people, and I think she taught me that. She had a tremendous faith, and she passed that on to me so that you can get through hard times and not kind of become unmoored, and uh, I'll say this about her. It's very true about her. I'm not sure it was something I'd hang my head on. She talked up a blue streak. And so uh, <laughs> maybe that taught me to be a little quieter, to listen a little bit more. Uh, those are the three things that come to mind. I love that. I love that. That's great. Well, tell me, guys, when you're not working, Gene, what are you doing? Well, I love to ski. Um, I love the outdoors. I'm so blessed to live in Colorado and uh, love to backpack. I like to fly fish and I always tell people I'm uh, I'm a pretty good fisher. I'm not a very good catcher, uh, but <laughs> fortunately trout like beautiful places. So if you're going to stand around in the stream, you might as well be where the trout live. So <laughs> um, the outdoors really inspires me. And that's kind of why it grieves me a little bit. And over my lifetime, I've seen wilderness areas burn to the ground oh. and I've seen forests completely die off and mm. it just grieves me and i and here's the thing molly if it's grieving me it's grieving our customers who are right here in colorado experiencing the same thing just driving up i-70 and looking at the browned out forest was really painful mm -hmm. and so um that's what motivated our developing the supply chain to get beetle kill lumber down from those dead forests and into our houses um we found a mill in, in Montrose, Colorado, in the southwest part of the state that could structurally grade. They would cut that, kill dry it, structurally grade it, and bring it to Denver. 
we had a lot of uh, very skeptical framers. And uh, <laughs> first load, I had to, I had to, I had to buy the first load that came in on a truck to Denver, so that our our uh, framer wouldn't be stuck with it. And those trees stand upright for years, na drying naturally, and then they're harvested and kill dried. And they're the truest, straightest two by fours you will ever see. And it took like two minutes for the framer to walk around that truck and say, okay, let's get going. And that was the, <laughs> that was the end of the con controversy. But um, we used to have this image in uh, one of our building science centers of a browned out uh, forest. And it just had a question, can anything good come from this? And yeah, you know, we can build houses with trees that have already died. We can get that fuel out of the forest so it doesn't become a wildfire. We can renew that watershed. We can make it better by just being a little bit thoughtful. And you know what? We didn't save any money doing that, but it didn't cost any more either. It just took a little bit of creativity to figure out how to get it. And our customers love that. And, uh, you know, we've had this unique experience. Molly, you're very familiar with the Stapleton Project, now known as mm -hmm. Central Park. Mm -hmm. uh, we were sold out there, but we were in there for 22 years. We had uh, some people buy four homes from us over the life of that uh, master plan community. Wow. And it was those repeat customers that value what we did. And they were really interested in, well, what are you doing now? And they would trade up to get whatever crazy new thing we were doing uh, <laughs> from uh, 1999 or whenever we uh, designed the first houses to go in there. And, and we're doing something kind of interesting. Molly, I haven't told you this, but we're going back into those houses that we built 20 years ago and offering uh, to remodel and uh, renovate. Really? We know those houses. We know what's in them. We know how That's to make brilliant. it better. And um, we built about 2,000 houses in there. And that's a pretty good uh, group to farm uh, that we know your house is old, but it's sound. Let's make it better. And Right. And you've learned better. so much, right? Oh, yeah. We are such a better builder than we were back then. So uh, we're just launching that. So I can't tell you a success story on it yet. We don't know yet. But uh I think it's exciting to go back to those homes. They're almost like old friends. Oh, sure, sure. There was one other thing that you and I talked about, gosh, I want to say about a year ago, and that is where you went in and you tested sort of what was working and what's not working as it related to the net zero and some of that stuff, and that you're offering uh, somewhat of almost like a concierge service to, to test and make sure that that house is living to its optimal performance. Can you explain that a little bit? So it's called Dwell Home Maintenance. It's a, a sister company that we formed. And it can be uh, temporary and superficial, or it can be transformative for a homeowner. So our closing gift for our homes now is a year of uh, service uh, from Dwell Home Maintenance. And uh, with that comes an app. Every filter in your home is on that app. Did you know your microwave has a filter? I mean, there are more filters. No. Yes. And, and have you changed <laughs> it, Molly? I mean, I I've have. never changed yeah. it. I'm no embarrassed one. to say I've probably had that microwave no for seven has. years. Yeah. And, 
And, and that's really the point. We have better things to do, but uh, we can deploy technology. So we'll go in, we will scan the nameplates on every piece of equipment in the home, download all, all the warranty information and file that for our customer, um, uh, download all, all the manuals. So no more, you know, where's your homeowner handbook? It's all on an app that's on our customers' phones. And then service reminders. Uh, for when it's time to, to, to change that furnace filter. And uh, that first year, we send out a box with every filter you're gonna need for the first year. And uh, a service reminder pops up on the app to tell you when to take care of it. If you don't wanna do that, we'll do it for you. And so um, it's really an effort to uh, basically make sure that our homes perform just as well for our customers years after they've moved in as they did on the day of closing. And they're kind of complicated. Our mechanical rooms are kind of complicated with energy recovery ventilators and uh, kind of high-tech equipment. And we want to make sure our homes deliver the goods for our customers. Well, I think it's really interesting because as we talked and, and so many builders do this. You offer all of these great features in a home and nobody goes back to make sure they worked right. And so the impressive part of that was you wanted to make sure it was performing and where it wasn't, why? And then you created the service. I mean, I, it sounds like a, a commercial for you, but I, I find it so fascinating because I've never heard of a single builder going back and saying, did it work? And let's test it. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. You know, normally at this stage of the interview, Gene, I ask, like, what does your company stand for? <laughs> but I <laughs> I feel like I have a really good idea of what you stand for. And um, God, I'm just going to say Gene Myers for president. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was the opposite. Get rid of Gene Myers. And president <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I wish 99% uh, of the world would uh, just take the 1% like you and be more like you. Well, you know, Molly, <laughs> I bet you there are a lot of builders like me. There are a lot of baby boomer builders out there, and succession is a real issue. And I've just decided to keep it in the family. And so I'm so blessed that Stephen was able to step up. We have younger leaders who are in their 40s that really are operating the business better than I ever did. <laughs> So they're just letting me stay out there. I, as I told you before the call, chase shiny new objects where I'm happiest anyway. But um, <laughs> I'm so grateful that I have a team that can carry on. Well, tell me what qualities you look for in a leader. I mean, certainly, you know, raising a great family, you know, your mom certainly raised a great family. What are those qualities that you're really looking for in leadership uh, for your own company? You know, I think... The first thing I guess that comes to mind for me is emotional maturity. Um, we've had some really smart people that had worked here, but they're just kind of a train wreck, you know, around <laughs> here. And you need people that have the emotional, <laughs> the emotional maturity to work with others and to be good teammates. And uh, I think that's maybe the most important thing. We can teach people a lot, but it's really hard to teach that. Um, I don't disagree. I think good values, uh, you know, I, I think of our CFO, I just don't think there's a more honest person on the planet. And I just, I have so much freedom to not worry about the money because I know he's doing plenty of that for right. both of us. 
But um, it's those kind of fundamental qualities of humanity that we look for. And, um, and then I think there, we have maybe a little bit of an advantage, Molly, that our mission does really attract great people. Mm -hmm. I've heard uh, some of my peers talk about all oh, these young people, you know, they're, they're no good. And we've had some of the best interns come through here in the last two years that are just on fire for uh, what we're doing and want to make that their life's work. And it's inspiring. And they're smart. From a building science standpoint, I've, I've been able to be a judge on the solar decathlon for the last 10 years. And um, you see three or 400 kids from all over the world, really, that know more about building science at their age than I did when I was 50. They are so smart and so capable and have such a command of the design tools. And, uh, and so I, I think the future is bright. I think uh, we attract really great people, the best I've ever had. And, uh, <laughs> and that's, really, that's really what makes, uh, that's what makes Thrive tick. That's, that's pretty neat. I, you know, if I were to sum that up, it's almost the qualities you look for in a family lifelong, right? And so, and so often, I mean, I always call this industry my second family and, and those are the qualities you want in a lifelong partner and a lifelong family. So I, I like those qualities. Um, if you were to pick your top one or two, and I can think of one that we've talked about for your own inspirational leaders, who have they been for you? Well, uh, you you picked the first one. <laughs> Obviously, my mom. You know, I would, uh, I think I'd single out Sam Rashkin for someone in the industry that really inspired me. Uh, for those who don't know him, he started Energy Star for Home. Uh, after, you know, maybe a million houses <laughs> uh, that were built to that standard, he moved over to the Department of Energy uh, with the Zero Energy Ready Home Program. And he really created a framework that um, I don't think we could have done what we have done without it. And so... Definitely uh, turned the tide, that's for sure. He's a great friend, uh, a, a wonderful ally, a confidant. Uh, a great human being and uh, but what he did for the industry uh, you know our, do you remember the Hanley award oh yeah sure well, Sam got the Hanley award uh, one year for his impact on the entire industry and I would say he very influential to me very nice very nice well Gene that's it I just I can't thank you enough for spending time with us and sharing your story with the world <laughs> well and, thank you um, it's impressive well thanks you know we're not really trying to impress anybody we're i just want our actions to uh you know speak louder than our words thank you again for joining us this is molly carmichael and i hope you enjoyed this series please hit like if you like today's broadcast and subscribe if you'd like to hear more from the best and the brightest in our industry Take care, everyone, and I hope you join us again next time.